talking all things theatre and events. I mean, I think everyone listening or, or, or anyone involved in the arts will understand that that's our purpose. It, it is the arts. Just a bit of a summer hobby. Decided to see if we could start a venue. And day by day, you kind of saw the realisation of quite how serious this was. Several week after week of company meetings. The Stage Is Yours podcast. Hello and welcome back to The Stage Is Yours podcast. With me, your host, Carl Graham, joined as always by producer Dan, and we're talking all things theatre and events. On today's podcast, we're joined by Rory Cormack, and we talk all things theatre. We talk all about his career from where he started out to the West End and more. We'll also talk all about the challenges our industry has faced over the last year and its responses to it. Rory Cormack, the stage is yours. So today we're joined by Rory Cormack. How are you, my friend? Oh, very well, Carl. Very well. Pleasure to be here. Thank you yeah, for inviting definitely. me. No worries at all. No worries at all. Um, so if we just start off, just a little bit about who you are and what you do. So these days I'm a business development manager for um, a hire firm called SLX based down in Bristol. Uh, I actually live in Edinburgh these days. Spent 25 years down south in London. Um, in fact, I was listening to one of your previous um, podcasts with Jake. Uh, I moved from Dundee, where I'm originally from, to London to go to the Guildhall School of Music and Drama and do the stage management course back in the 1980s. Um, I then spent 25 years in London before relocating back up here in 2012, 2013, um, for many issues, family-related, job changes, just work-life balance, that kind of yeah. thing. Um, but I left Guildhall. Um, I started working in the West End, um, having done the various things you do leading up to college at my local, my local uh, theatre, the Whitehall Theatre in Dundee, um, and uh, hanging out with, with some rock band. Uh, there was a rock band in town called Licks that I did lighting for, which was great fun. Uh, then I went to college to learn how to do it properly. Yeah. <laughs> and spent two years at Guildhall. Um, le- learned quite a lot, but um, a lot of the learning was also working places like the Barbican or the Marquee Club or just doing freelance work uh, out and about wherever around, around term time. Um, and left college with a, a network of people from college, which I think is one of the most important things that college gives you is, is your starting network. Um, some of which who are, you know, hygienes in the world of theatre these days, Cash Bennett, who heads up the Nationals touring productions scenarios to Rebecca Quigley, who produces huge West End shows to, you know, Linda Fitzpatrick, stage manager at the RSC. And I could go on and on and on. There's there's bundles of us. Um, It was a pretty good few years at Guildhall. Um, In fact, uh, uh, I, I, I can claim to know um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, James Bond, and the devil. There you go. It's uh, not a bad trio at all, that. <laughs> three, three, uh, three actors that uh, I all went to college with. Anyway, left college um, and yeah. started working at London Palladium. Did West End stint on Joseph, and moved up to Sadler's Wells, was deputy chief elected Sadler's Wells for until they closed the place and uh, laid us all off. And then I freelance for about 12 years, doing a big variety of stuff. Um, theatre, dance, a lot of dance, a bit of music, festivals, installation work, site-specific work, uh, all sorts of bits and pieces until kids came along, kind of got offered um, to work with Assembly Festival as their TD, um, but that also coincided with William wanted me to also run Riverside Studios. So uh, took on that for for about five years um and then you know kids getting a bit older was looking for a slight change didn't want to be leaving london for 90 days at a stretch over the summer and leaving the my, my wife and young family back home for so long quite so often so i uh, took a job up here in edinburgh at the assembly rooms as their production manager um and relocated the family up here um, so it was, a, it was a part of a bigger picture um, so that was really good, uh, interesting working for the local council, um, good venue, crossing a lot into corporate world and stuff. Um, until 
I was looking for another opportunity, another challenge. Um, things had changed slightly and uh, SLX came calling um, quite by accident. Um, happened to be passing through saying hello and mentioned in passing they were looking for someone and I kind of went, oh, I might be interested <laughs> yeah. in that. Um, and uh, joined the team down at SLX. Didn't relocate. That was that wasn't going to relocate. That was, that yeah. was you know, didn't want to upheat, put the family through another upheaval. But um, started working with a great bunch of people, and it's been a really interesting journey because the really lovely bunch of people. Uh, again, a company going through changes and stuff, which we've which we may touch on later. But the, you know that that's been evolving, um, and it's been a real eye opener crossing the fence from customer and client mm. to supplier uh, and account manager uh, and business development manager it's it's a it's a really opened my eyes been a whole new world be very very interesting so that's what i do these days is i, I hire stuff to people hire stuff to yeah that's quite interesting that you say uh having crossed the kind of into that other side of things and that you're now in the uh in that side of it i imagine yeah it must be right all those things that you always questioned of a hire company going well, why has it been done like that? Or why has it gone of that you now know or opens up to quite wise? Well, surely you just like do that. this. So why don't, why isn't it like that? Surely it should be like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, can't you give me a better deal? Um, yeah. <laughs> now well, I realise just how good a deal everyone is currently yeah. on. Yeah, absolutely. I think it is one of those. <laughs> it doesn't it's that, make and then much sense. You go, oh, well, surely you've got loads of those or you've got hundreds of those sat on the shelves. Or, ah, it's fine, it's just that. And you go, oh, yeah, but that's obviously a much bigger thing in that sense. But it's, yeah, it's always quite interesting. I've kind of done a bit, little bit on both sides and kind of always end up back in the theatre side of things. But, yeah, it's quite always quite interesting uh, seeing both those things. But um, you touched on it there that we've had a interesting 12 months, I think is how I'll describe it for us all in the industry. And it's kind of been yeah somewhat of a weird old whirlwind that i don't think we ever thought we'd quite i don't think anyone ever thought we'd go through no i mean this is the type of effect it's having on society that um hasn't been seen probably since the world war um mm. uh, it's it's been a real impact on day-to-day -day life and interactions and um it's been an it's been interesting to see how areas of society react and and, and action, um, and the impact on our industry has been uh, wholesome, um, devastating in areas, mm. uh, and extremely challenging. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's from, and it's just a sh the sheer wide range of stories that you hear of how it's impacted, just every bit and piece and obviously we're all trying to adapt somewhat to kind of make the most of it but ultimately it's still kind of when you're I don't think any of us would ever be told that theatres are closed and that's mm -hmm. that it was certainly a uh yeah and I we remember it I remember being sat in a uh, hotel in Bradford and um, having just finished putting our show in when the email came through and we kind of went oh okay this is we'd heard rumors of it the week before and then it kind of all came through. So there was all this talk when we were leaving Wimbledon of, Oh, well, are we, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it'll all be all right. It'll be all right. And then, yeah, led to the strangest, strangest loadout I think I've ever done in my life, but it was weird. It, it was a really weird feeling. I mean, um, what are we now? I'd been with the company two years. I've now with the company mm. three years. Um, we'd, just as a company SLX just separated from Stage Electrics entirely to, to be our yes. own standalone, um, standing our own two feet company. We were all very, very excited about that. That had happened at the end of 2019. Um, we were, we just moved into a brand new premises um, around the corner in, in Avonmouth in Bristol. Bigger, smarter, cleaner, <coughs> um, shinier warehouse we were all delighted and excited to be in because that was a, um, a real chance to go through the stock and, and set things up in a more sensible way and, yeah. and more accommodating for people like yourselves to come in and prep in for instance and for us to prep and, and put things out from and then um, beginning of the year was was just I mean I, I, 
started with a, with a show in prep on the 4th of January. I mean, the, had we heard much about it? Maybe little bits in December as the, the, on the news. Um, the January just started with, right, planning for getting getting the shows out that, that were in the, the prep yeah. area as we stood. And I was, you know, in and out of, of I was up, I was just looking at my diary with, with Katie a few weeks ago going, what were we doing this time last year? All right, I was up and down from Edinburgh to London, Edinburgh to Bristol, Edinburgh in the middle of the country, every other yeah. day it's ridiculous um and the, then kind of and we were planning to right when are we going to we'll do it we'll have a we'll have an opening party for the for the warehouse we'll get it sorted and we'll get people over and we'll do a few days and you know do an official kind of launch mm. of slx new slx um and then when the word started coming through about the conference world had just fallen off a cliff and uh i remember alistair pulling us together going no, this is serious. This is what we're seeing. This is what's already been cancelled, and um, it's not looking good. So we need to start preparing for for what's looking like it's coming our way. It's, you know, and day by day, you kind of saw the realization of quite how serious this was. I mean, we had several, you know, week after week of of company meetings where, with the information that was to hand coming out. Um, and, and a sort of a, a plan or a, or a way forward or a discussion being being had about how we can uh, uh, deal with this. Um, and then the, the the greater area of work that wasn't just conference and, and, and live event stuff started hitting. And then clearly, you know, we got to March, the announcement was made that um, as of tomorrow, you're not going anywhere. Um, and I mean, I, I had a bumpy year lined up my, my, you, you look ahead and you're like going I mean we're not particularly target led but clearly we've got targets to be what yeah, I aim for uh, and I'm like no problem this year we're going to smash it out of the park yeah. this is great you know we're looking really good but we're trying to restructure things as a company and do things better and, and uh, you know re, really support people and do good shows and, and have good kits and all this kind of stuff and I remember the week in the middle of March, pretty much opening up our um, our system and going, well, that's cancelled, and that's cancelled, and that's cancelled, and that's cancelled, and that's cancelling, and oh my god, it was the weirdest, most surreal feeling um, I've ever really experienced. Uh, you know, and this is over and above. You know what it's like. You're a, you're a technical manager, technical director of a, of, of, a, of, a, of a fringe festival setup that's that's not small, and you deal with with issues, you deal with challenges, yeah, you deal absolutely. with stuff going on. It's not that's part of what we do, right? It's not a problem. This was different. This was it was it was a, a slow motion lemmings moment, um, and you were just dealing with it as you do in 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 our normal you know, in, in our kind of production manager yeah. lives, whatever, you, you deal with it, you deal with it, you, you keep going and, you know, and, you know sudden, but suddenly you're kind of going, hang on a minute, all that kits in that theatre. And, and but at that point, the producers are saying, well, you know, it's only, can we just keep it for a month and then we'll start again? And yeah. everyone was kind of seeing it fairly short term initially. It was just weird. It was just really, really, really strange. Yeah, I think we were, I was, I was out on tour at the time. I think we were told three weeks was our kind of initial thing mm. of okay we're cancelled here and then i think we lost southampton cardiff and nottingham i think they said that's where that so we'll see you again at this place and we're like oh, okay fine and then that slowly turned in like you said okay we're not going here we're not going here that's gone that's gone okay that's uk tour gone we're only looking international and even then we all kind of knew at that point that it wasn't we're doing that and yeah it was a surreal surreal time and touching on my fringe stuff I wrote emails I never thought I'd have to write uh in the sense of telling people well a you've not got a job this summer but b it's because there is no Edinburgh festival and you were like it's so so weird and it just kind of yeah it was yeah it was so so bizarre but we all left tour going ah oh, it's fine we've seen like none of us really said goodbye to each other we were kind of do that and then mm -hmm. we got back in touch and slowly have cut up with each other over time but it was kind of like oh we'd have all said like goodbye properly if we'd have known it was that there's the joke of the uh last supper that we had in the uh, curry house in bradford um yeah, heard, yeah we didn't know and we were like oh, okay it's so so bizarre and then yeah it was a weird it's yeah and just kind of has been we're all just kind of in this weird limbo of when can we 
start again, I suppose. It, it, that's been really strange. I mean, initially, you're really busy. In fact, we got really, really, really busy. But all the busyness was trying to sort out what was happening with all the kit and what were the tours and trying to strike new deals and, and, and come to arrangements with producers. And it's funny how um, the terms and conditions just go straight out the window. Mm. Uh, and, you know, we're a, we're a fairly honest industry, I would have thought. We're not entirely honest, but we try and work on a premise of integrity and um, common sense and, and, uh, and trust, you know. Uh, and that's the basis of your terms and conditions and your legal agreements yeah, and stuff like that. But we also understand and respond to situation. And, you know, uh, people were asking now for stuff that, that if you were following the letter of T's and C's, it's just a no, right? But you don't want to be negative. You want to be supportive and you want to try and help where you can, but not, but also help. It, it really, I think it, what it brought back for a lot of us was, not only we all want to help each other and, and, and our customers and our clients, which that's the words I now use these days as a BDM yeah. to, to, you know, um, yeah. people like yourself and producers and da da da. Um, you also have to weigh up, uh, and you should always weigh it up. But you ha we had to had to weigh up. There was actually a real cost to us as well that that needed to be um, dealt with. But that led to some very open and honest conversations, potentially with people you wouldn't necessarily, you know, you don't always necessarily talk to the purse string holders. Yeah. But at this point, we were having to speak to directly to purse string holders and um, just having honest and frank conversations and, and working out a plan that, that worked, that was reasonable. Um, and being civil with each other was really important at the time and still is. And in fact, should be something that entirely rolls over. Yeah, absolutely. I think you look at it of that as that, and my own kind of mindset of it all is has got to be is we have to find some positives to take from it all. I think we can't sit and dwell on it. So it's looking at how you can look at those ways of coming or ways that things might have changed and it's going to impact the industry going forward from the future and whether that's certain conversations happen with more people involved so everyone's aware of what's going on from a very simple level to I look at that it's been an enforced break for some of us for the first time in probably a long time where well, we probably should have taken some time off but I'm pretty sure you know yourself you it's sometimes quite difficult to say no to certain bits of work and certain things that keep popping up and say yeah that's fine and before you realize it you've not had any time off in months maybe even years that that's really important i mean i think um there are positives to take out of it that you also need to embrace the negative aspects of it to uh, try and address those and uh, make try and look at you know take consider them so they don't become yet another or even bigger negative later on in life and, and in the future for people um they're where do you start? Let's 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 start positives. No, let's start negatives. Let's start negatives. Yeah, let's start. The negatives are um, lots of people lost lost their jobs. People went through real heart-rending situations of not only losing their jobs, but the people who had to tell those people that they were losing their jobs were deeply yeah. um, affected. You know, um, those those people's lives and situations are therefore changed some of will stay in the industry some have been lucky enough to kind of move on to another um another sector that, that kept operating uh, others we've lost from the industry and others are still suffering and waiting and and in limbo and it's i think that's really difficult and really hard and when we do start to recover we need to um, appreciate those that have survived to appreciate those that have held on and are ready to come back and we need to treat, treat each other all very civilly and we also need to understand that there's going to be a shortfall um, and gaps and yeah. things are going to take I mean we're an industry that like to react quickly and and you know the, the show must go on and, and people are lined up to right as soon as we can we're going to go bang yeah brilliant brilliant right 
but but we're not all here already or in the same position as we were when we stopped. So it's going to take a bit of time to actually get the wheels in motion. And we must understand that. So when hiccups or unforeseen or, or maybe not thought about delays are starting to happen, that these are appreciated and dealt with and dealt with in the way that we deal with any challenge that's put ahead of us when we're trying to put on a show or a production or, or pull something together. Uh, is that, that these, you know, these challenges need to be faced and, and met and solved, but they, there needs to be empathy and understanding of why those situations um, are there. You know, In terms of the pros and the positives, it really has shown many people that a work-life balance is really important, that, that, that well-being and... Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit old school. I'm a bit like, let's not be too soft about oh let's get on with it let's have a show let's get on with it yeah we're all together but at the same time you know not everyone's no i mean when i when i was in my 20s it was just me i just had to worry about me you know what i mean no problem i'll do anything for anyone at any time for many times like just go i'm now a lot older and i have children and a family and a and a, and a understanding that there has to be a balance in things you know and i've seen far too many relationships and stuff fall apart in this career in this industry that are potentially unnecessary and it's been really rewarding seeing people like the ald and aaptle and the pmf had a, a discussion just the other day about it about taking these um lessons that we're, that we're learning and, and looking at potentially reformatting and, and just restructuring the way that we all work that doesn't um, create casualties. You know, it, it actually nurtures people and it doesn't create casualties. I think that that is a really important thing, taking this forward. I think we also now have to understand the value of things uh, and what, what things are worth, yeah, you know. People and equipment and time are actually worth more than we've ever given credence to in our industry, particularly, especially the live sector, the, the theatre live events sector. Conferencing and TV and film have always maintained a level of um, a level of bottom line, which seems more sensible to me. I, I speak from someone who came from one side of the fence to the other. That uh, what people expect to get for what they pay is far too high and that needs to be addressed and that doesn't mean to say we need to introduce crippling costs That's, that would be ridiculous it'd be stupid but we need to have an understanding of value and um, take that forward in terms of our people and our equipment and our services yeah absolutely I think it's it's certainly something that I think from my, speaking from my own kind of uh, thing of it there's been an absolute appreciation for just quite what how much your life does revolve around a job, even from whether it be a social aspect and things as well, and that you kind of, there's relationships you develop in there to that are certainly from a touring point of view, you develop friends that are old people or relationship that is more than just a friend and a colleague because you're in such mm -hmm. an intense environment. And I think coming in, going from that intense, tense world into that, I think we've all suddenly realized, actually it would be nice if every now and then you could, plan for a little bit more family time plan for that rather than the yes we work in a rather pressured environment but it shouldn't it, it's all year round potentially depending on what role and things you're in so like i said valuing how someone is has or valuing that work-life balance is crucial to everything really and the longevity of someone being able to be in the industry whether depending on if it is affecting their home life then try and make it so you don't have to make that choice between the job that you love and your family life which is goes without saying that you love that so i think trying to find that striking that balance is so much more crucial and i think a lot of people have really valued the extra time that they've had with their family if over the course of this lockdown albeit not quite as anyone would ever wanted it to have been yeah and, and it's not just Family, family is important. Relationships are important. Of course, they are, and and they they allow you to um, develop whether that's a, a personal relationship with a with a wife or spouse or partner or whatever, or even just with with really good friends and a, and a social network. But you know, um, 
when you compare our industry and our, our work, I was listening to Jake earlier, you know, why, why would you want to get up and do something you don't enjoy? We're Lots of us, most of us probably are lucky to work in an industry that you actually like working in. You like doing what you do. You like getting up in the morning and, 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 and getting up and doing doing your thing. And, you know, he was saying you wouldn't want to just get up and, uh, you know, have to force yourself out of bed to go to work. So I, I, our industry gives us a, a lot of reward like that. However, our industry is huge and there's lots of facets to it that isn't always on the front line, exciting, shiny lights, you know, yeah. glamorous actors and actresses and, and uh, uh, performance and audience clapping reward at the end of the night and, and the camaraderie of late night drinks in the pub and stuff. It's, you know, it can be a lot of nine to five, doing what I'm doing these days now and, you know, overseeing contracts and writing up hire agreements and and organizing kit and going through all the stresses yeah. and strains of going oh 10 shows now that want those lights and we've only got enough lights for eight what the hell yeah. are we going to do you know um those stresses and strains but again still with a really good fun team right but it seems to be all all consuming in in our industry in our in our environment whereas you can look at other environments that are that are potentially higher paid than ours but the, I never understood how they have so much time to go and play golf or um, <laughs> you know be at the tennis club or go on a holiday or um, you know watch the amount of television that they watch and all this kind of stuff and this hiatus this break for us has kind of shown us that actually if we restructure things perhaps we don't need to um, miss out on quite a lot of those things now I'll use this as an example what we are doing now creating a podcast and a discussion we've both got a microphone in front of us we're both using technology that we're fairly comfortable with because it comes with our area but would we have ever had would you have ever had the time to put together a podcast um uh series like you're doing here and I, i've done one similarly i did one called riffle radio which is mm. ongoing if anyone ever wants to pick some tunes and have a chat with me um, um but that i started doing in lockdown because i tried to do it in 2017, did one with my brother and never had another minute to myself really to really expand on the idea or enjoy it, right? And so it kind of shows you that having this hiatus and it's having a, a, a you know, we, we actually allowed a lot of um, space and breath for us to think and share and communicate and do something we enjoy doing. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, you hit the nail on the head there. I think this first first cropped up with a good friend of mine Erin on tour maybe it's probably 18 months ago now and it just there and we joked about it for ages joked around mm. with it oh we'll do this and this and then once we kind of got to second lockdown I was like do you know what I've I've got time on my hands let's do it why not mm-hmm. and I've and you hit the, said there and I'm looking at it now going okay when I go back into um the industry and the job and that work starts to come back I'm like okay I need to try and find time to try and keep it going, to find a way to keep going. So I've, because I enjoy it and it's there. And like you said, if if it hadn't have happened and I had have carried on tour, I'd have jumped straight from one tour to the next, and it would have just stayed there as nothing more than some chat on the back of a truck at two, three o'clock in the morning. And it, it, it's important, you know. I've I've found myself in in the latter decade or so. Um, finding that things are really important. And I, I play a game of poker every week, every single week. And that's my, it's usually a Sunday night. I, I try and always play a game of cards. Mm. Now, it was live in Edinburgh with a bunch of lads. Uh, it's now virtually with a whole new bunch of people, most of who are in Dublin. And a great they're a great crack, I have to say. The, crack, the, the Zoom chat and the Poker Stars tournament on a Sunday night is something that I look forward to every week. Um and uh, you know, I did miserably last night, but I, I can't wait now till next next yeah. Sunday. <laughs> uh, and I think it's really important, but it's important to have um, a situation and um, um, uh, um, uh, I say a management, but you know, uh, responsible management to understand that that's what we need as human beings to 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 keep being engaged and 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 not to get swallowed up. Um, uh, and start seeing what we do as a burden, but uh, mm. maintaining doing what we do is an enjoyment uh, and an aspiration, but still actually allow ourselves to have uh, our own lives and uh, expand other ideas and, and um, enjoy other hobbies. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've all had that thing where we felt a little bit burnt out at times where you've just, you go through 
a spell where you do where it is it's just all consuming and it's yeah and at the time it all seems great all seems great and then unfortunately it's probably, it's just, probably part, part you know it's all part yeah. of it but. and then you get and then you reach the end of it or that and you go okay now i'm that and you either need some time to recover or whatever and it's just yeah it's yeah absolutely you have to watch the balance i was speaking yeah. to um i was speaking to my brother actually the other day who's in an industry and we were reminiscing about the west end theater softball league which was awesome i i, I was at the end of that with, with joseph and i'm looking back at um there's a there's a Facebook group, looking back at Graham Fawcett's old pictures that he's just put up and seeing you know uh, years and years and years of great West End talent all rocking up in Hyde Park yeah. or out of Gunnersbury or or um, Regents Park and playing a game of softball, but that's all been killed. It's been all it's, uh, there's there's no more, and the reason it's no more is because I believe, or this is a bit of an opinionated thing I'm going to say, I could probably get shot down for it, but in my opinion, um, I saw it starting to happen where we were struggling to raise teams during the week, because it was usually a Thursday afternoon, or it was one of the afternoons when there wasn't something going on. But um, because of the risk of injury, um, the actors weren't allowed to play anymore. Right, they might twist an ankle playing softball. Oh, heaven forbid! Out having fun in their own time, they might do something that injures themselves. Yeah. So what What can we take control of? We'll not allow them to play softball anymore. Well, that decimated the teams. Oh, and by the way, as part of your contract, we're going to call you in for more rehearsals, more swing rehearsals and stuff during the week. All right. So you also need the crew to to help you with that. All right. Yeah. So basically, we started exploiting the workforce more and more and more and more, giving them less and less and less time to themselves, and killing things like the West End Theatre Softball League. Sounds a bit dramatic, but that was a really important social aspect and networking event of the week throughout the West End, right? Teams got together, different theatres got together, different acting groups, different front house groups, different, and, and, you know, again, you you know, it wasn't just like the actors going out and doing the thing, the front house teams, we all mingled, we were all in it together, and we all had a common purpose of trying to beat cats, because no matter what team or show you played for, (laughs) you wanted to beat cats, right? That that camaraderie, that, um, that sense of fun and that enjoyment was killed because of the increased requirement of the worker, of the of, 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 of those teams. And I think this gives us a chance when we've been when we've been given a chance to kind of reset and step back and recount what we enjoyed and what we do enjoy in our own time and stuff. It just shows you how valuable it is because I think it's going to be we're going to have to take um, time coming coming back. We're going to have to get back quickly to, to get yeah. going again, but at the same time we need to take a bit of time to 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 do it properly and not break people in the process is going back with an understanding that we shouldn't be breaking people ever. Yeah. And 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 appreciating that 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 um, you know the well-being of people both physical and mental is actually very important. And something our industry does pride itself on just doesn't show it very often at the moment or has hasn't done it recently. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's if at the end of the day you say you develop French things like that and if you're all in if you if you all know each other and it's not cast crew front of house different teams you all mingle mm. everything will run a little bit smoother because you all know each other it's not just ah oh, you know that guy who worked front of house or or the or the ushers and things like that that you all know each other you all get on you all do that and it just makes for a much happier more a working environment as well so it's so so when I first knew James Donovan he was a red coat at the front of the palladium then he became my assistant technical manager at Riverside after being on, on tour with me doing on a little um, regional tour we did together. We did it together as mates and it was great. And then he became a technical manager. Now he, he, he works on television and film, right? Those relationships stay with you forever. And I only kind of, I sound a bit ranty on this, but I only say it because I've been doing this for 35 years and I remember the difference. But when I started, when I started in, in town in the West End and the big the big stuff, you know, I graduated from, yeah. from regional am dram <laughs> to to <laughs> some of the biggest shows in the country and i've watched it pay less and less attention to the people's welfare and well-being which is why suddenly you know you didn't talk about well-being and, and mental and physical um well-being 30 years ago you do now why do you do it now because we're pushing everyone too far yeah. you know Let's let's use this as a lesson as to do, let's readdress the balance a little bit. Enjoy what we're doing completely. 
and appreciate everyone for what they're doing for it you know so don't expect everyone to um, to use their day off to travel they yeah. get a travel day and they get a day off for instance you know yeah absolutely i think it's and just bring a few more things into kind of yeah just a uniformity across regardless of where you are in the industry and not that it's just a select few places that do offer it yeah embrace and make space for people making podcasts and or doing their own hobbies you know yeah absolutely absolutely (laughs) (laughs) that's grand so touching on to a a little bit uh still kind of in that um you're probably one of the fewer people who have managed to produce some form of event over the last six months once we hit lockdown Uh, you're involved in the uh, dalkeith spectacle of light uh the um one of the many or one of the few uh kind of walk through uh light experiences that managed to survive in scotland through lockdown how well let's just start off with how did you find that so spectacle it was 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 hard work Um, (laughs) uh, i've just talked about giving myself that i didn't didn't stop for days Uh, Mm. but it's interesting because we um as a company, SLX work closely with DB Partnership and spe- who are Spectacle of Light, you know, Nick Beebe and uh, Michael Dale, um, and one of our senior project managers, our senior project manager, Alex Keeley, works very closely with Nick uh, and Michael, particularly Nick, to produce these Spectacles of Light, of which they are at um, Rufford, uh, Rufford, Rufford. I want to, my head's saying cathedral, it's not cathedral. It's, no, it's not. There's Rufford Park in, in Nottinghamshire, mm. Rufford Abbey, I think it is there. Uh, and Shudley Castle, and uh, they're doing one in Hawley as well in a February one. Uh, and these are, you know, Christmas light installations, trying not to be too cheesy and illuminated LED presents and Santa yeah. Clauses, but, but you know, appreciating the space and, and uh, the... Uh, the structures that are there and giving people a, an experience as they walk through. And then um, Dalkeith had, had uh, contacted SLX to see whether we could talk to them about doing one at Dalkeith, which happens to be along the road from my house. So yours truly was sent along to have a chat. <laughs> um, I met the very lovely Stephen there and um, they've got a, they, they'd invested a lot of money. They've, they've invested a lot of money in the park, Dalkeith country park itself. Um, uh and they they done, they they renewed their old stable areas and called it the restoration yard. So there's a restaurant and a, a shop and a little cafe and and spaces to to uh, rent. So that there's people young that run like yoga classes there and well you know there's stuff to happen in that mm. little compound that used to be I believe a, a set of stables or, or what have you. And then on the hill on the other side of the the south esk in a copse of trees, which had been a play park for years. They'd really developed that and created uh, Fort Douglas. Big wooden um, structures built there, uh, like a sky maze, which is just lots of ramps and swings and rope ladders and things to climb about and run about in for the kids. And it's it's a fantastic place. I mean, it's the place you go, you rock up with a coffee uh, 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 and yeah, you spend absolutely. two hours and you're mainly just sitting there while the kids run riot around this this place. There's tunnels and shoots and all sorts of stuff. Um and uh, it's all big enough and well constructed enough that the adults can also run around in it. So if you've got particular totties and you're mm. running about with them, you can really have a lot of fun in them. And they're a wee bit older, you can just let them go. You know, there's zip wires and all sorts of stuff. Great fun. So anyway, I'd been to see Stephen, and it's set in a in a kind of a natural amphitheatre of land with an orangery and the river curves round, and there's a bridge and this and that. And I'm like, wow, this would make us such a like I'm going to mm. avoid using the word spectacular. Yeah. Such an amazing kind of space to put on a performance. And he went, now we really want to focus on Fort Douglas. I'm like, All right, let's go see Fort Douglas. Again, great. You're like, fine, you know, totally understand it. Um, explain the partnership with Spectacle. Um, put together some rough figures for them. Got together with Alex to, to throw something together based on his experience doing the Spectacles. And, um, you know, conversation kept going brought up Nick and uh, Michael to, to have a chat, deal was done, off we went. We did the first one in 2019. And I think they first asked us in 2018, but we had about two months to pull it together. Mm. So we are like, let's let's do it next year. Yeah. So we did one in 2019 um, that really Alex led, uh, Alex and Nick led. Um, I, my work here had been done. I, you know, 
I friended the people and set something up and happy days. I used to wander along and take them snacks to keep them going and take take photos of lovely frosty pictures of yeah. at night. Yeah. <laughs> um, this year, the you know as we got closer and closer, I'm like, is it going to happen? Isn't it going to happen? Is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? And because it was deemed as a visitors attraction. attraction. It was it was going to be allowed within Scotland. It wasn't a live event as such. It was a visitors' attraction. It wasn't um, necessarily congregating people in a, in, a, in a, a dense area. And one of the things I should say at this point, um, I, I've not been to the other spectacle of the lights, but of other sonar luminaire type of things that, that I've been involved in or done or visited, quite often there, there, there's a path. So you start on the yeah. path and you wander along the path and wander along the path and you keep going the same line, same line, same line, and you see all this loveliness and out you go the other end. And usually there's one or two stewards trying to keep you moving, you know. <clears throat> Frustratingly, if you're a photographer, when you want to stop and take your time, yeah. but, you know, you kind of, you're always gently moved along, move along. Where a spectacle at Dalkeith is you're allowed onto the Fort Douglas site and you can go anywhere you like. You just run around. Yeah. Right. And the kids go mad and it's like, you know, extra special because it's at night and it's all shiny and sparkly and colourful and wow, you know, way. And actually really fun. Of 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 the people who have worked on the other ones, you know, um, young Scott would be like, I love doing this one because people seem to really enjoy it more, but you know, mm. um, just because of that that um freedom of movement you know yeah everyone gets a chance to see something slightly different as well and almost create their own little path yeah. through really you know yeah this is it you know and they can go around things in many times like so when it when we realized 2020 could happen there was obviously some challenges so how do you keep people apart we don't you can't really on our site create a single route path um so what do we need to do? So Nick, I think Nick probably had the biggest headache because as, as SLX goes, the contract was still going to be honoured. We still had the gig on. Um, <clears throat> and they managed to do one at, at Rufford and Sudley as well. I'll come back to them in a second. Um, we still had to prep the same amount of kit, book the same amount of people, have the same amount of plant on site. So logistically, the whole thing was pretty much the same. <clears throat> Clearly, in terms of on-site crew operation, all that. There was um, a sign-in, temperature checks, making sure everyone was was um, not, not showing any symptoms. But then because we're working outdoors and you're usually working at a reasonable distance away from people, I mean, okay, you work in pairs, but you can kind of do a bit of social distancing and you, you know, there's, you know, there's always hand gel and you have a little bit more awareness about keeping everything clean and tidy and, and uh, you know, not catching the COVID. Yeah. Um, we were able to look at the, the areas of the park and whereas previous years there'd been very little one-way systeming, there had actually been a little bit. So you were able to incorporate the bit that was before and then we'd added, we'd extended the whole um, experience into a, a, a nearby wooded area. So we did create a single lane path for that because one of the bits of feedback back was it's great for the kids, but it's not, it's not, there's not anything extra for the adults to do. So this was a bit of an extension for... A more of a bigger experience and and, and uh, a nice place for the adults to go and enjoy rather than you know the kids kind of trudged along really loved the last bit which was a good bit around right but so in terms of us logistically and uh, very little in fact things got probably a little bit better because you're taking care of people a little bit more um for nick there was all the hoops that nick in the park there was all the hoops to jump through of the ever-changing guidance from government uh, capacities. Um, and whereas in, uh, um, I think it was just distances down south, here you couldn't travel out with the the, um, the health, health board, authority, yeah. the health authorities' boundaries rather than the boundaries of particular cities or regions or what have you. So... Uh, I mean, effectively, that meant you had to, it was only people in Midlothian could come to the event in Midlothian. And even though Edinburgh was like, you could walk outside the park and you were in Edinburgh, you couldn't, yeah. apparently people in Edinburgh couldn't come. It was a bit... <clears> and even then, if you really looked <laughs> in the guidelines, was that really the case? Was there a little bit of five-mile five, five mile buffer? I mean, you know, but the councils hedged their bets. And so there was, you know, more than the previous year, I saw Nick kind of sitting there, yeah, head in his hands, just taking a deep breath, um, addressing what 
the latest challenge had been. So I think for, for them, you know, there's there's a loss of income, there's more management of, of people on and off site. There was a pre-booking process and all that, which was kind of always there, but it's had to be really adhered to. Uh, that was challenging. Um, and of course, whilst Scotland was fairly good at not doing any knee-jerk U, screeching U-turns, down south, of course, they opened up, I think it was Sudley, and closed, you know, had an opening night, fantastic, closed for eight days, and they basically had to take it out again. Yeah. Because, you know, those who apparently should be obeyed don't have a flipping clue what they're doing. Um, and so, therefore, chaos reigned for okay. yeah. sure. anyone involved in anything other than um, a test and trace contract. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Logistically, there was there was you know certain things to think about. There was more kit to bought, um, you know, um, audience management type of kit. I was going to yeah. say fencing, not fencing, you know, rope and poles and and those kind of yeah, things. Just, that just to define areas a bit more, we we, we own a lot more of that now, um, or Nick does anyway, I believe, um, and uh, yeah. A con out of that was definitely the loss of income, but there's a lot of this has been done in good faith. The same as all the relationships I, I seem to be involved with, done in good faith that once we come back, we'll keep going and we'll do it with you and we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see this as that little hiatus um, rather than a, a, a an ending and a new beginning, right? It's just a hiatus in an a existing relationship. Um, so there's been a challenge of... of, of meeting the bottom line this year, but actually pulling people together to address these issues has been really good. Uh, the other thing, actually, before I forget it, <coughs> um, is what, we, of course, you notice on site that um, you've got uh, stewards and, and, and people looking after the public when they're on site. When you're wearing a mask, you can't, it's very hard to see if anyone's smiling or not. So being met at the entrance with a smiley person explaining what, what's ahead of you and which way to go and just just keeping everyone you know hey yeah. nice to see you. it's kind of hard with a mask because you're talking behind a mask and you can't see whether they're smiling or not yeah absolutely that's a challenge right it'll be nice to see the end of that um so yeah customer in interaction yeah it's still good it's... and uh, you know, the, the customers understood the situation we were all in but uh bit of a shame not to be able to see smiley faces yeah, I think it is something from that point of view and it's just a unique challenge that's not something that we ever, that probably would have even been foreseen and it's only once it kind of starts to happen that you go, actually, it's, or you realise quite how much you play off someone's facial expressions and what's going on and mm -hmm. how that, from that moment that that someone could be in that kind of uh, flow of people, you, that's when they start their, I don't want to say their enjoyment, but that it kind of starts from there really. So yeah, it's... It is do that, but I think it's great that you guys managed to kind of get that event on despite the sort of ever changing or what ever changing kind of situation, really. That it was almost every time you turn up to or you get up that day, okay, has anything changed? What's have we got to implement anything extra? Have we can we take something out like all this different kind of ever changing environment? Yeah, I mean, just. Um, I made a couple of notes earlier. The, the thing I forgot to say was, <clears throat> whilst for SLX, it, it didn't, it wasn't hugely changed. What what does change is <clears throat> we lost a lot of warehouse staff in the initial shedding of um, the very necessary shedding of personnel within the company to keep us going. I mean, that's what I referred to earlier. I mean, you know, yeah, absolutely. My boss has had a very difficult time during all that, and uh, you know, lots of people. Uh, were lost along the way with less resources in-house and the fact that people are on furlough you there's a there's a there's a judgment to be taken of how long is it going to take to actually prep all this stuff in the warehouse and who are we bringing off furlough do we need to bring in extra new people what does that cost us so those were logistical challenges and just had to be balanced up and, and met um and clearly we've lost the best part of a year in sorting out our new warehouse there's there's they've been doing everything they can as we go along and we're in reasonably good shape but there's still quite a backlog of stuff to do this there's 
still boxes that have been returned off previous tours that need to be opened and resorted, you know. Um, and that's going to take a bit of time because we've got less people and less people working doing that kind of thing. So putting together something like Spectacle of Light had to address those those issues. And, mm. you know, whereas last year we, we, we employed a freelancer to work the whole thing, um, it was me this year because I live along the road and I'm on payroll, so I'm much cheaper yes. <laughs> and uh, and much more local. So I, you know, yeah. there's less overheads. Uh, uh, but my God, going back on the tools for the first time in a few years was uh, a bit of a shock <laughs> to the system. <laughs> no, yeah, I think there's lots of little bits and pieces, and certainly speaking to companies that are now up here, that yes, we mentioned before we started recording that there are these green shoots of things starting to look to come to come back, and it's like well, everyone's got a few weeks of just getting themselves ready to even be able to start sending things out the door whether it's just mm -hmm. as simple as everything needs a clean everything needs a test everything just needs to check that those magical gremlins haven't gotten in and just things have decided to go oh no i'm not going to work anymore and just get themselves back to normal like you said you've had things come back that have just sat there and because you can't do anything with them well, even if we prepped them, they've still been sat there for a year. And, yeah. and I understand it's difficult because I've been chatting to quite a few production managers about, you know, forthcoming tours that have been delayed and delayed and delayed. And I fully understand that the producers and uh, the promoters and the programmers are, are facing a real challenge to know, to reschedule everything, get it all fit together again and do it with the assurance that it'll all still be happening and we won't suddenly face another lockdown um, and without the reassurance of um, a proper insurance package to back them and allow them to press forward it's going to be hard it, you know it's going to be probably a bit last minute until they've pulled it all together but what we all have to consider is that the support side of the industry isn't necessarily or certainly isn't in the position it was pre-pandemic mm. to respond as quickly as it did pre-pandemic we'll do the damn our damnedest but we're faced with uh you know a warehouse full of stock uh, and less people and just being given a bit of time and a bit of heads up and as much notice as possible, possible. Yeah. will ensure that that we're there to operate at the end of it um, uh, but that's going to be that's quite a challenge because you know once you've pulled it all together it's probably a very short period of time till you're off and running uh, but actually we kind of need to know a bit earlier a little bit of that just to get running. everything kind so, of yeah yeah, yeah. yeah a, everyone, bit, a bit to a bit of give and take there is probably going to be what's everyone needed. get ready and then remember what we actually are supposed to do in your job i think that's the joke that a few of me and my uh tour friends have had oh. of like actually if i once i get in front of a lightning or sound desk am i going to remember what what's where what am i supposed to oh, do all your muscle uh, memories and retired and yeah, yeah. it's gonna all kick back in as to what's where and I, I, that i'm not looking forward to the first loading of a truck afterwards let's put it that way um well as i say i'd, I'd give myself tennis elbow on on, on spectacle like i was buggered after the yeah. first few days <laughs> like it really was a struggle getting up in the morning um my body ached i mean i'm not young anymore but my body ached in places i didn't feel it ache for a while and, um, you know, just recently when, when Katie and I have been going, right, these tours are looking like they're all going to happen at the end of the summer. Uh, uh, hang on, where, where do I find this bit of information on in our system again? And, and <laughs> yeah, what, which I, page but is I, that? How either? do you do? <laughs> it must be lots yeah. of, you know. Okay, um, I've got to do this and then I've got to do that and that. And yeah, just all hmm. the kind of things that you used to just what do has been nice. Yeah, what has been nice is that more people have an appreciation of what it's like to work remotely for a company than before whereas i was yeah. one of the very few that worked remotely probably me and alex and and uh maybe one or two others not many you know really operated miles away from bristol and at the end of uh, an internet line yeah uh, entirely reliant as opposed to in the office where you can actually walk across someone's desk and go i really do need to find that thing now <laughs> it's yeah. it been it's been quite um quite nice actually you know <laughs> a lot a lot more teams chats going on yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely no, I think it's great. And I think, yeah, that's kind of, yeah, like we just touched on there. There's green shoots and there's lots of things, hopefully, in the pipeline. But, yeah, we just need as much of a heads up as we can so that we all can kind of get ourselves rolling, really. Because, like you said, it's been March 16th, isn't it? Was the date it was all 
football last year, so we're not far off a year. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it's not, it's you know, that's it's bad enough for us. I mean, I'm I've been lucky enough to survive. I've been my my company been good enough to follow me for most of this time, and um, I'm still here and ready to kind of go again. And I've kept in touch with my colleagues and yeah. with the system and stuff to to be able to to start responding now. Um, other people have gone and found other work. You know, even um, uh, Scott, who who did Spectacle, he when it all when everything when all his jobs fell off a cliff, he was freelancer. He went around to work in I think it's the, it's the local little or Aldi um, warehouse, which is around the corner from his house, and uh, through a friend of his wife's, I, I believe. Anyway, he got a job around there, just packing trucks, right. It became quite obvious to his boss within a few weeks that he knew more than just packing trucks. And he said, yeah, within a few weeks, I'd rewritten their whole Excel document, doing all their scheduling because what they were doing didn't make sense. And he brought in the expertise and knowledge um, of production and logistics that we excel at um, and was improving that warehouse for that well-known manufacturer, uh, yeah. well, well-known supermarket brand, right? He's now, a, he's now really valuable and he had to take... Um, time off on holiday to come up to Dalkeith and, and do the installs he you know took a couple of weeks off and, and up he came for about 10 days on site and his boss was like you are coming back right you are coming back so really valuable skilled um, people of our industry that we've lost to other industries and they are now discovering of how skilled and valuable um, people, yeah. our people are and good at um, addressing challenges and embracing the, the work ahead of them full on. Let's get it done. Let's, you know, let's go. Not like, um, oh, yeah, OK, yeah. Is it breakfast now? Uh, yeah. Is it tea break now? Is it lunch yeah. now? You it's... know, that, that kind of um, can-do attitude has has bolstered other workforces to the loss of our own. And in, in fact, some of them have kind of gone, some of those people have kind of gone, why would I go back into the industry that makes me work from, nine o'clock in the morning till 11 o'clock at night, six days a week, weekends, yeah. uh, when I can earn the same money working eight till four here, five days a week and be really valued because I have skills that people crave outside this industry, which seems to take a lot of that for granted. Yeah. I think there's that be a... all, all throws into the mix of being ready to go again when, yeah. when the starting gun goes. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who have kind of, I mean, our tour group chat from before is there's every kind of job you can think of in there that people have turned to to kind of either keep themselves afloat or do that. And some it's their side hustle that's kind of now they've never had the time to do and they've kind of taken that mm -hmm. on um, or whether that um, it's now taken into just a different line of work and they're finding, discovering, oh, well, actually, maybe it's not quite as bad. And yeah, you look across the industry. So it'll be very interesting to see whether... Um, I don't want to say lose people, but I think it's or people have decided, yeah, I'm happier where I am now. I've got I do that. So and with the slight uncertainty that we might initially go back to, some people I think will go, well, I can't take that risk just now. No, absolutely. I mean, our industry looks like it's on. It's it's shaky, but it will recover. I mean, it's very resilient, yeah, and we've you know we we we've always kept going. And I, I um I think our loss will be other other areas and other peoples and their and their own. You know, these people yeah. who, who will go on and actually discover that there's they enjoy something else better. There'll be all their gain and all power to all of that. Um, absolutely. You know, um, that's the way it is, uh, and that's and good luck to everyone with whatever path that they choose no judgment you know no not at all um and and we will survive and there is and there is other generations coming through and um you know but it will take a bit of time and it will take the understanding that that is what is going to be needed to happen um so what we don't what we want to avoid is any unnecessary casualties while we recover we want to make sure we all recover we all come back together and uh, whoever wants to come back we all come back together So let's kind of jump into the last part of our podcast of my podcast, which is our wrap-up questions that everyone on the podcast podcast gets asked. Um, so our first one is, and some people have already done this, it's in touch it. Um, if you had a dream show to work on, be involved with, um, what would that be for you? 
You know, it's probably quite wide ranging, but I first did this. Um, A friend of mine asked me down to my local, well, he was talking about the fact that he follow spots at the local theatre and how lovely the front house girls were. Uh, And uh, he then, you know, phoned me up one, one tea time and said, Remember how you said you want to learn how to do a follow spot? Do you want to come down now? Or a lime, as we called them back mm-hmm. then. Do you, want, do you want to come and learn the lime? I went, yeah, yeah, I'd love to. He said, right, come on, come on down. So I got down to the theatre about half past six or so and met um, Malcolm and Scott, and, and they took, took me up to the lime box, sat in front of a lime, showed me what to do. And I said, oh, this is cool. I said, great, okay, well, if you're all right with that, audience are in in five minutes, we'll talk you through the show. That was in 1986. I've not stopped mm-hmm. since then. Um <laughs> And, you know, being, looking at the stage and looking at lights and being around about the time I was in my late teens of going across to Edinburgh um, and seeing ACDC and Iron Maiden and Metallica and Motley Crue and Marillion and all these bands at the Playhouse, I wanted to go on tour with ACDC. I wanted to do the lights for Iron Maiden. I, like, you know, if I was to be, if I was to be able to be out front pressing buttons, having um Patrick Woodruff's or a job of of lighting the biggest rock bands in the world and with with, with vast um, canvases to to paint light on and imagery on that would be amazing. I think I'm well past that point now, <laughs> but but that would be amazing. And and you know you could take that further and, and look at people like Patrick Woodruff and go you know the Olympics opening and closing ceremonies. Oh my God! You know the, the kind of scale of those kind of productions uh, is immense. You know, um, I, I've been lucky enough to touch on it marginally. You know, looking out at big chill crowds of thirty-seven thousand, or or Group F events in Brighton of sixty-six thousand, and know I'm a part of that thing. Um, but I guess that would be if someone said to me now, right? Doesn't matter what you've done. What do you want to do next? And like, I'd be like. Front of house, Iron Maiden, next tour, let's go. Yeah, no, I think it'd be great. Yeah, why not? Let's go for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. To be front of house, I want to see the gig as well, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I want to watch what I'm what see what I'm creating, not just uh from the side and see a little bit. Um, no, I think that's great. Um, our next one, and this one stems from back of a truck at four o'clock in the morning. Um when we were comparing what snacks we had in our pockets. Um, mm. What is your go-to post-show snack? So I think the first thing, like Jake, the first thing I write down is it's a cold beer, right? It's like, yes. a cold, like yeah. nothing better than kind finishing a get saying. <laughs> and cold beer, right? Yeah. Um, but that's not actually the answer to the question because it's your post-show get mid get out snack. What's going to yeah. keep you going? And it's probably something like a Snickers bar or a you know some some kind of chocolate hit, yeah. um, rather than a claggy bag of crisps or something. Mm. I love a bag of crisps, but probably not mid get out. Probably just you know no. quick, quick down of a munch, and especially if there's a cup of coffee in the wing or something like that that you can just throw a bit of hot liquid Perfect. down, wash the chocolate down. It's probably the, the boost you need, but. Um, when the doors are shut, someone better have some cold beer yeah, nearby. nearby. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, and our and if fun- I'm the PM, trust me, it'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, amazing. Um, and our final question on a, the, for the podcast: um, What's the one thing that you know now that you wish you'd known starting out, say, on the start of your career, that would have probably made your life quite a bit easier, or that you just wish you'd known? There's there's lots of advice I've heard your other guests say and you hear people talk about um, and that's things like you know um, appreciating friendships, pretty, you know networking, getting to know people, having a can-do attitude, all that kind of stuff. That all kind of goes without saying. What I've written down is is and you know I can't even actually claim to know really that much about these things now. I muddle on in in the, in the way probably most people do, but. What I would have appreciated back at the very beginning is finance, money management, insurances, all those kind of things. I mean, it's got since since I started, where it, you know, I used to claim trusses and stuff like that, and you know, there was nothing more much. There wasn't there wasn't anything holding me on, right? Mm. Apart from my own bravado and a good grip, yeah. right? Just don't fall off, Cormac. Uh, okay, 
fine, yeah. I won't fall off. It looks <laughs> a long way to fall, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, but so I, there wasn't things like um, um, uh, uh, personal assurance and, and indemnity insurance and all this kind of stuff wasn't, wasn't really part of my growing up. But nevertheless, it is really important. It became important to me, especially when I became freelance. And I didn't know much about it. Um, and, and just managing money, ma- managing day-to-day money, managing, um, you know, understanding what you should be charging, what's reasonable, having open and, and fair discussions and, and being able to stand up for yourself when, when you know your worth. I mean, it's, it's, it's very hard, but it's really important, actually, that um, you don't undervalue yourself. But then you're all, when the money you do get... You, you're, you manage it, you're not necessarily careful with it, but you manage it properly. You know, you do put some aside for your, for your uh, yeah. tax bill and you don't have to suddenly rely on your, on your, on your visa card, uh, um, uh, your credit card every January. You know what I mean? That, that you do uh, maybe invest a bit into your future. You do, you know, seek out the best insurances and, um, or, or the, the correct insurances or the insurance that works for you in your pocket. Um, and covers you for what you are tend to be doing rather than than what you'd like to be doing in, in, in terms of you know managing our maiden around the world when actually really you're doing a dance company around the UK. Um, you know, that 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 kind of um guidance and, and knowledge and, and help and support in, in managing your your finances is probably what I didn't get and I would have appreciated. I think that's a, a great bit of advice, really. And yeah, absolutely. I think it's something that it's very easy to overlook and kind of forget that there's certain bits and pieces to that, but also, yeah, value your own work and know that what it's worth at the end of the day. It, it's back to what I said earlier. It's, it's understanding value and worth, uh, not only of the, of your people, but also of your equipment and your services, you know, yeah. and, and there's a bit of a imbalance, you know, um, uh, sometimes, and you'll be the same, you know, I found myself in a in a high position, you know, the boss. And um, when I looked at it all, I, you know, the people I was employing were getting far more than I was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, when you break it down, um, so that, there needs to be a sensible balance. And you can't you can't just look at producers and expect them to be the money pots. But at the same time, I would urge those producers to understand that um, perhaps the division of potential income isn't as equally distributed as it could or should be um, and to 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 appreciate that what people are asking for they, they there are things behind that, that that are important you know that that need to be covered fundamentally or you take on the embracement to uncover them um, so there's yeah that that's that's yeah, important absolutely. i think no, i think a great bit of advice to kind of end the podcast on really mate this has been an absolute pleasure catching up and chatting all things theater with you it's been an absolute joy no my pleasure entirely Carl. thank you again for inviting me and uh, always a pleasure of a blather with you my friend thank you for listening to the stage is yours podcast want to know more then head over to all of our socials. You can find us at Stage Is Yours Pod, where you can catch a cheeky glimpse at some of our upcoming guests and subscribe to our YouTube channel to make sure that you never miss an episode. This has been the Stage Is Yours Podcast, talking all things theatre and events. Until next time.